I'm Professor Neil Feinstein, and this is Conversations with the Creators. Sponsored by St. John's Master's Program in Integrated Advertising Communications, ideas thrive here. You've all heard of Amazon and probably have never heard of Jordan Green, but wait till you hear what Jordan has to say about the extent of Amazon's data, their knowledge about you and your digital habits and what that means to brands and consumers. Jordan is the co-founder and chief media officer at Alpha Precision Media. He is a disruptor and has been disrupting his whole career. When we first met, he was focused on the mobile space before almost anyone else was. Now it's all about connected TV. Through Alpha Precision Media, Jordan and his colleagues are redefining how brand advertising and conversion advertising are coming together to drive significant results, all within the Amazon ecosystem. Hey, hey, Jordan. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Tell me, let's let's just start by talking about, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Alpha Precision Media? What is it? What do you do? And, uh, and, and why should I care about that? <laughs> Alpha works across the entirety of the Amazon ad ecosystem. So the easiest way to describe what we do is we use Amazon's data, technology, and inventory to place ads on connected TV across millions of apps and websites everywhere and on amazon.com. So the three areas that we focus on as a company end up being connected TV, digital e-commerce and sponsor created content. Everything stays inside the Amazon ecosystem, which as you're gonna see, is truly vast. So, so talk, let, let's get, a, so it's not just connected TV. I mean, there's advertising across so many different media properties that Amazon owns. Is that correct? And stuff that they don't own. Okay. So digital is the connected tissue that brings everything together. So we're use multiple platforms inside Amazon with which to buy ads that are served inside Amazon. So think amazon.com as well as on third-party sites whether that be ESPN, Washington Post, millions of other apps. And we have access to Amazon's connected TV platform like imdb.tv, which is, think about the equivalent of TNT, but in the connected world, and it's growing like crazy. But we also have access to 70 plus premium networks that everybody's become aware of, CNN, HGTV, uh, Comedy Central, and so on. All connected by using Amazon's incredibly good uh, targeting data. Well, let's just lay uh, the let's just set the table first. Connected TV. There are TV is very different in this day and age. There's connected TV. There's linear TV. Can you just kind of talk about all the different ways that um, TV exists in, sure. in this? And I'll tell you how I specifically define connected TV. Okay. This is information that's being streamed. It's a show that's being streamed to that 65 inch platform uh, screen that's in your living room. It's not being served on a mobile phone. It's not being served on a computer. It's not being served on a tablet. So that's the differentiator where I put that there. The reason I'm saying that is because video has become so pervasive that it exists on every platform at this point. The connected TV opportunity that we're all used to now is we have the equivalent of apps that we all use to consume different types of content, whether that be Netflix, whether it be Amazon Prime Video, whether that be IMDb or CNN. I'm just, I'm stuck on CNN today, so. Um, okay. 
that's how all these things come together that we as a consumer consume on our terms. We choose what channel or network we want to watch, but then we control it a lot more than we used to with a lot of on-demand functionality. Right. So I'm watching this TV and I'm calling it up through the internet. That's correct? Correct. In the internet, you know, if you want to go back a little bit, it's been widely referred to as OTT and that, that label always bothered me. The reason being OTT as a concept has been around since the late 90s. It's the idea that you're transmitting information on, a, on the internet as opposed to the traditional mechanisms, whether those were telephone lines or um, cable TV coming into your house. So because it's coming up through the internet and it's my internet subscription, you know a whole heck of a lot about me. Uh, yes, but not it, it, the platform in this particular case isn't because it's on the internet, but because you're interacting with the Amazon platform. One word. So Amazon knows a whole head of, heck of a lot about me. Amazon knows a whole lot, heck of a lot about Tell you. me, that's, that's, the inter- that's the crux of it. What does Amazon know about me and how does Amazon find out about all of this? Well, before we get to what they know about you, let's talk about where they know it from. Okay. Okay. So the sources are so vast and a lot that you may not even, even think about or know about. So Amazon.com is the most obvious one. So Amazon then knows what you shop for and what you buy. That makes logical sense. But then they also have what's referred to as now as your garage. So 100 million plus people have raised their hand and said, this is the type of car that I own. So Amazon knows lots of car information about you. How about now we can add on top Whole Foods. So now we have what you're buying in a real supermarket. So lots and lots of shopping data. Then let's put in the entertainment data that they have about you. People watch things on Prime Video, what you're listening to on Amazon Music, what you are reading on your Kindle. The opportunity of places to come in and touch your information, or a better way, what they know about you, continues to grow seemingly daily. And then when they're serving ads, the places that they're serving the ads into also give back information about what type of consumer you are. Are they serving ads through to you through Alexa? Uh, they are. Uh, there is a subset of people who have Alexa devices but are not prime users. But Amazon will still give you Amazon Music that goes along with that Alexa device. And that is an ad-supported platform. They also have other audio platforms that they have access to that they serve ads into. So you may be hearing ads um, more often than you may realize. And the response rates actually to those ads are extraordinarily high. So the reason that they're high is because they know who you are. They know what you are. They know that... Uh, Neil Feinstein has been watching Mrs. Maisel on Prime. They know that he's been buying um, uh, marketing books uh, through his Amazon account. They know that he is cooking Tuscan chicken and looking for a recipe for Tuscan chicken. chicken. They know the music I'm listening to. As I'm cooking, I'm listening to Alicia Keys. So all of that comes together to form a picture of who I am and what I do, right? Most of what you said falls into that picture. Okay. So I would say this, um, Amazon consumers also tend to be significantly more responsive to ads that are relevant and tailored to themselves. And that experience really opens it up to a lot of different ways. I am a believer that advertising can be used for really positive stuff as opposed to the negative things of, oh, my privacy is being infringed or I'm just constantly being berated with stuff that has nothing to do with me. Um, So Amazon consumers are significantly higher to act upon an ad which is going to be served to them, which is more relevant. For example, using Amazon's own data, they say one out of three people when served a relevant ad will act upon that information. That's extraordinarily high. 
So you don't have to ask for permission, though, because it's, you know, I've already given you permission. You're reading that I'm watching Mrs. Maisel. You've given it to Amazon. Right. Like the very basic thing is you logged into one of the Amazon platforms using, using usually your email address. And that ends up being the cohesive tissue that brings everything together so that they can start building profiles on you one way or another based upon things that are interest to you and could be relevant to you. So does the email address become the identifier instead of the cookie? It is, it is the unique identifier. Amazon will be ahead of the game because people are offering this up. It's not like this is not a third party cookie game. Amazon really is ahead of the game here. So it's all first party data that, that, that Amazon owns, that Amazon has, and you have permission and ethically they are allowed to market to you in that way, right? Yes. And that's, you know, be up before they start bringing in third party data, but the first party data is so rich. You could get lost in here for days, getting exactly right. what audiences want. I will tell you that from the clients that we work with, advertisers with all this great targeting data range so dramatically in what their needs are. So it could be something as simply as I have a client who has been buying linear TV for 60 years. They still want to buy 18 to 49, age 18 to 49. Um, where other clients will say, okay, I want people who have a higher predilection towards buying sneakers than other people would be. And then we can do that targeting very well. So if they know that, uh, for example, they know that I'm a runner and Nike wants to reach me, they can do that through the Amazon system. And how? And how? And where would they reach me? And how would they reach me? So let's say something as simple as this. They know one data item on you that you've been on amazon.com this morning and you were looking for Nike sneakers. So tonight when you sit down uh, to watch on Food Network, the Kids Baking Championship, before that starts, you're going to see an ad for Nike, Nike sneakers. It's a natural way that we can connect those things. And that's that. coming through connected TV. Yes. And just so we know, we can connect all the dots. That's Amazon seeing your shopping habits, connecting it with the ad server, and then serving an ad to you based upon Neil's watching habits on our connected TV. Oh, and then I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. All of that is all of it's connected to me by you saying, yes, I'm Neil and I'm Neil on the computer and I'm Neil on my connected TV. But that's how we can use it. How are they reaching me on my phone? You're again, you're using your phone as a mechanism likely to shop or to buy. And in both of those scenarios, you're logged in more likely, more than likely, you're logged into either the Amazon.com website or through the app. Amazon has um According to you, you, th you think that the data that Amazon has is more significant than the data that Facebook has, than the data that Google has in terms of knowing about a customer. I'm going to say an aud audacious statement, which is I think that Amazon's data is truly second to none at this point. If Google knows what you're searching for and Facebook knows what you're interested in, kind of, Amazon knows what you're, what you're shopping for. They know what you're buying. They know what your entertainment consumption is. They know different devices you're using. Um, there's there's a, a writer who wrote a book about um, Amazon called, named Brian Dumaine. And I love this quote from him. He said that he, Amazon wants to be the operating system of your life. And if we take half a step back, you can see all the major touch points that they've got to hitting us. That's fascinating. Um, Google often says that what they do is they organize the world's information. They want now Amazon is going even deeper and they want to be your operating system. It's not Correct. just about information. It's about how you live your life. 
it is, it, and it, a lot of it is intent oriented as well, right? Google did so well for so long because they saw what people were searching for. I have to type something into that field and you know what I'm interested in. But now product searches have, for the most part, moved over to Amazon as a starting point and not Google. Now, that is not me saying that Google is disappearing by any means. They are ridiculously powerful. What it means is search budgets as a whole have had to grow. Amazon has, um, uh, there was a quote that you read to me from uh, Scott Galway, Galloway, excuse me. And it says, more people belong to Amazon Prime than to churches and synagogues in the U.S. I love that. It is ridiculously colorful in what it's saying. It, it really is, but it's interesting to believe that everybody is in some way, shape, or form connected to Amazon. But like with all marketers, there are different tiers of customers. You have general consumers and then what you described as the Amazon connected consumer. Can you talk to me about the difference between a general consumer and, a, and an Amazon connected consumer? Sure. And I'm going I'm to label them this way. You have the people who are buying stuff on Amazon just in general. Let's assume that they're not prime customers, right? They go into Amazon, they bought something and got shipped to them. The second tier I'm going to throw in here would be people who are prime users. This makes them ridiculously sticky to Amazon. But Amazon gives you all kinds of other stuff as well for being a prime member, including access to prime video. So you start getting access to more, let's call them Amazon connected consumers. They're using the other services that Amazon offers up. This third category to me is extraordinary in the differences of what they start looking like versus just the general con connected consumer. So now I'm taking my buckets and I'm splitting them in two different ways too. There's people who are streaming TV and there's people who are streaming TV and happen to be Amazon connected consumers. So those are my two buckets, general and Amazon connected. The Amazon connected consumer has so many different things that they'll do that the general connected consumer won't. For example, general might have four ad supported streaming services that they use, right? They'll watch, they'll watch the CNNs, but uh, there are many, many services that are out there. Amazon people tend to have seven or more. They tend to be more engaged with the content. They are willing to have the value exchange of I'll watch your commercial in exchange for free content. 76% say that that's okay with them. So the platform here becomes a highly engageable opportunity. So what I like to think about is if this audience, this Amazon audience, which is growing at leaps and bounds still has so many great attributes for an advertiser to put their ad spots in front of and for them to be able to act. Let's and and let's come around it from the consumer point of view. The consumers, you said seven. What was that percentage you just said? Seventy six percent. Seventy six percent of consumers said, "I'm okay with getting advertising. I'm yes. okay with what." What that's antithetical to the world we live in, where consumers are paying to avoid advertising. They're paying for network Netflix. They're paying for Spotify. So they don't. How did you turn that around? How does, how to talk to me about the consumer head? Well, I can't say that I turned that around, but well, what I would say is there was a, a gigantic amount of petroleum thrown on this fire due to the pandemic where people were trapped at home and they started consuming content on streaming platforms like crazy. So whether that would be Netflix, which we, you know, there was that meme that would constantly go around. I broke Netflix. I finished Netflix, right? People had to move on to what were other libraries of content. We've seen other platforms launch during the pandemic 
such as HBO Max, which didn't exist two years ago and is already up to 74 million users in about nine months, give or take. That's extraordinary. The growth of what consumer, put this back, consumers want more. We want more content. And while we will have the paid services and guess what? Amazon customers are buying those paid services too at a higher clip than that general consumer as well. But in addition to that, we want more stuff and we're willing to say, okay, I will take this if it doesn't cost me anything. And I am willing to watch fewer TV spots. So Amazon's been really good about the way that they're serving ads, which does minimize that experience. And and then the ads are highly targeted. So like you and I will never see never see a, um, uh, a hair care product <laughs> ad. If you can't see us, both both Jordan and I have the same. Um, we are both follically challenged. <laughs> so um, they know a lot about us. They know. Would they know that much about us? Protect, yeah, potentially. Targeted is a word which is getting highly charged nowadays in a negative way. Right. Right. What can we use? All I would view this as if we're doing this right, we're delivering relevancy to the point where you know I was talking to our 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 head of sales the other day. And she was telling me about a show that she was just naturally watching on IMDb and saw, and she said, all these commercials, they're, 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 they're so appropriate for me. I'm like, come on, you didn't recognize the fact that this is Amazon doing their great targeting. And that's how I began to recognize again, just how good they are. When these things are, thing, the, these commercials are spots that you recognize and remember because it's been provided to you in, in a kind of a ubiquitous way that just went along with the content and made sense for you. How is this different then from programmatic? Or is it, a, is it the new evolution of programmatic? It's the new evolution of programmatic. Programmatic means I'm using some kind of technology with data and inventory to serve ads to people in smarter ways. And whether that be I'm programmatically serving on a website or I'm programmatically serving on TV, both of those still hold true. Is this algorithmic based? Are there, is there a, if, if you, since you are selling media, is there a buy? behind this that's being optimized along the way? That's, what, that's one of the things that we do very well. We are a highly analytical team. So we will go down and we will break down data both before, during, and after a campaign. So clients can be smarter about how they're going to target this campaign and how they're gonna be smarter to target the next one. Another piece, which I really love is the data is so good coming out of Amazon after the fact that it can provide guidance for creative groups so they can create better ads for the next time around as well. And, and um, do you provide that data? Do you share that data with the brands that are advertising there or is that proprietary? We will, we will provide all kinds of- Or does Amazon. Well, because data is one thing, but we like to provide back insights, say, okay, here's this. How do you work on this? What can you do with this? What's actionable? So that is one of the things that we will do with clients for sure. I mean, Facebook is notorious for not sharing data. Is, is, Is that a differentiator between what Amazon offers potential advertisers? I think it's, it's not, Amazon is very tight-lipped about their own data. However, inside your own campaign, it's your stuff. Right. So they are willing to provide us all kinds of analytical tools with how to match that up against an existing campaign or a past campaign. We can run that against different uh, shopper subsets, entertainment subsets. We can see all the pieces of data after the fact as well. So it's excellent guidance. Yeah. Well, it's, fascin- it's fascinating to me that people are willing to pay for, pay for streaming services and yet also willing to look at advertising. Well, I mean, imagine how you buy cable TV for the last 30 years. You watch HBO, but you're still watching TNT. Right. You know, that it, it is still there. And it is interesting to see the migration of how money will continue to move inside the TV world, right? 
in general, 2021 had about $65 billion in TV ad spend. And by 14 billion, give or take, was uh, assigned to connected TV. Now, those are, that's e-marketer numbers. That's not even my numbers. So if that's about 21%, if you, can you, does it sound right to you that only 21% of your TV viewing is currently going through linear TV? The answer is obviously not. So consumer usage is going to lead how advertising spend goes here, which is why, you know, I, I, you start this up by saying I'm very bullish on connected TV. Tremendously so because of the fact that we're, consumers are spending more time there. Advertisers have to follow suit. Uh, so by doing this, you are you, you you said something to me in our previous conversation is that advertising now becomes like content. It's it's something I'm happy to consume. It's something that I find relevant to my life. It's something that adds value to my life. And I don't feel like I'm being sold. I feel like I'm being informed. I think that if we can hit that value component we're saying and the relevancy component, that the friction points continue to come down. It isn't a mass blast for the most part. If you're providing me something that's of interest to me, yeah, I, I'm willing to act upon that. The content thing, that's going to come down to creative. How good is the creative that's inserted there? Because that can be shockingly bad as well. Well, that that was that was my next. That's where I was going. I was curious. How does this data? How, can you give us a for example of how this might impact how cr a creative execution, creative optimization, creative changes, or even just concept concepting? Sure. Let, let me give you a, a really extreme point of view. Okay. Uh, this is an example that it, it would never exist in real life. But let's say that you are advertising to a a cable system down in Dallas, Texas. That's very specific. And we ran a campaign and we found that of your, of the people who were being viewed, who were seeing the ad on a wide span, that over 50% of them were female. Let's say there was 75% female. Then your next go around of creative should be shaped by that knowledge with the idea that your audience is, is vastly female. Now it is rarely that clean and that cut and dry, but you can start seeing all types of things and we can get really, really specific. Let's say we had a luxury car brand that had some kind of internal analysis of their own that showed that people who are drinking alternate types of milk are going to be higher likely to buy their new EV, their new electric vehicle. We can literally pluck out from the Whole Foods data and the Amazon Fresh data people who are buying alternative milks, and we can provide that to them as a subset to run on Connected TV. When you say alternative milks, you mean like almond milk, oat yes, milk, yes. coconut milk, right? Yes, I, I still drink good old fashioned you know, cow milk. <laughs> I, 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 as, as do I, as do I, it's, it frauds better when I make it, when I've decided <laughs> I'm going to have a cappuccino, <laughs> it's the fat content. Wow. This is fascinating. It really is interesting to know that, um, we as consumers are simply feeding the engine that is giving us the advertising to make that advertising relevant important which is which is in turn feeding the results for the brands correct and you know what we've gone this whole time and we haven't even spoken about twitch oh twitch all right let's talk about twitch while we're here <laughs> Twitch is an extraordinarily underrecognized and insanely powerful platform over a third of the audience on twitch is watching five hours plus a day wow the me and it one of the things that i give twitch a lot of credit about is the fact that they've invested in trying to draw more content in there. So it's not just gaming, gaming all the time, even though that's where their roots are. 
They've invested a lot of money to bring over brands so that there's content and focus on music, on food, on arts. They did really well on chess last year during the, when the Queen's Gambit came out. They, they exploded on chess. And the way that they've inserted ads there is wonderful to a consumer experience because it can be as simple as I see one ad for hours of entertainment. It's not skippable, but it starts right ahead of time. So I'm going to view that ad and really take it in. So their stats tend to be off the chart. And most people don't know this. Twitch is inside the Amazon ecosystem. Again. So, so talk to just let's 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 bring this back to the beginning. What are the specific properties that Amazon owns that like Twitch, like Prime, like Alexa that are that are of okay, interest? Okay, I'm going to mix and match because it's a okay. lot of stuff in here. Amazon, yeah, I want I want a whole long laundry list. It. Okay, Amazon.com on every platform we can think of. It's on your phone, your tablet, your computer. We use it. We go back to it constantly. Um, Amazon users are there buying stuff at weekly, at least. They've got the smart speaker market. And the reason I say they have the market, because 69% of all the smart speakers in America are Amazon Alexis. That's mm-hmm. a tremendously giant degree of, of market share. They own Thursday night football. So next year, which will be the 2022 season, if you go to Fox to try to watch football on Thursday night, you're going to find something else there. It is entirely on the Amazon Prime platform, and that will be the place you go to. So then they own all the opportunities that exist inside there. All the advertising opportunities, the sponsorship opportunity, halftime brought to you by, that's all Amazon. It'll be their broadcast. They'll be literally their broadcast for the first time as opposed to a rebroadcast. They own Twitch. So that is an opportunity. Could you go after a youth audience there? Absolutely. But it's getting a little bit older. Median age there is now 28. So it's funny when I sit and I talk to clients, it's like, I have to know what they want to do. What are their, what are their business goals? And we're going to find some mechanism here of what we can touch. Because we've still got IMDB and I've got Wondery for podcasts. I've got Amazon Audio for music. It's Amazon, I'm sorry, Amazon Music for audio. Uh, the, it really is an endless degree of ways that they do become the operating system of your life. Wow. I think I did that all in one line with lots of semicolons, by the way. Right, right. And, you, and I don't think you took a breath either. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as I think with that, with that, I'm going to I'm going to start to wrap this up. But I do want to ask you one last question, which I think is very important, considering where you are and the and the journey you you've taken in your career um, that I since I've known you starting with mobile and now and now in this Amazon ecosystem, which is so much, which, which is all about connected TV and then some, Um, what is, what is the one piece of advice? I've got, got a lot of students listening to this, hopefully with their jaws open, like, wow, (laughs) as I am, what is the one piece of advice you can share with my students that you would give to them? It's a mantra that I carry for myself. And I tell it to my kids too, which is just because something has always been done one way, doesn't mean it has to be done that way. I will constantly try to challenge the boundaries of what exists today to see how can I weave something together that is something completely new for tomorrow. Even there can be stuff that's already here. So it, I'm never, ever satisfied with status quo. And I love it from a business standpoint. I love when you can present something to a client or in a meeting and somebody goes, I didn't know you could do that. That's the moment to me that's, you know, that puts a smile on my face. I didn't know you could do that is a pretty amazing reaction to have from anybody. It is. Um, 
and uh, and as long as I've known you, I constantly have that reaction. Thank you so much, you, Jordan, for sharing your time and your wisdom with our students. Of course. This has been Conversations with the Creators, sponsored by St. John's University's Graduate Program in Integrated Advertising Communications. Special thanks to all who helped put together this podcast, including Professor Audrey Siegel-Mavora, Kevin James, Professor Edrix Fontanilla, and our producer, Lucy Aquaro. Keep on ideating.